Welcome to the Sun-Dried Tomatoes podcast. I'm your host and creator, Anthony Yotes. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can find the audio-only version of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher, pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Please follow, download, and subscribe where applicable. For those listening to the audio version, I have a video version on the Sun-Dried Tomatoes YouTube channel. You can also subscribe there and check out some of the other shows that I have that will feature sports, brewing, sometimes food, some music, uh, including my original series that I've had that I have out there right now, Legends of the Diamond, Brewing the Facts, and of course, Random Reactions, a show where I talk about a news story from the past week and give my take on it in interesting ways. The second part of season two of Random Reactions will be out later this year, along with new seasons of Legends of the Diamond and Brewing the Facts. You can also follow me on Instagram at eclectic underscore yot. So that's E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C underscore I-O-Z-Z-O. I'll have updates, teasers, and short videos to go with all my YouTube content. Plus, you might be able to get to know me a little bit better as well. Of course, this is uh, kind of a special episode as it's my 12th episode. So it completes a full year of podcasts, which is pretty amazing. Uh, and uh, one of my guests, previous guests, my stepbrother, Mark Lopez, uh, he's back on here. Uh, if you remember from last time, Mark is a hip hop lyricist and performer, as well as a recreational sports player to go along with his day job. Of course, we have done many projects together. And in this episode, Mark may bless us with some random freestyle from some of the beats I've made recently. Or some edits of beats as well. Uh, we'll also just talk, uh, you know, music in general, our favorite shows, uh, you know, shows we've been to, what artists slash shows we would see if we can travel to any point in time, etc. Things like that. So uh, thanks for coming back on, man. What's going on? Yeah, no worries. Uh, thanks for having me again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's like Will Smith. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just no slaps, no slaps. Not like, not like slapping people, but anyway, so it was just convenient with the whole current events going on. But yeah, thanks for having me. I'm just you know chilling, living. I love the in. All right, all right. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So yeah, so let's uh, let's jump right in here uh, with some of our favorite shows. You know, I have several uh, from uh, you know single concerts to festivals and things like that. Some big, some small. I've, uh, let's go back and forth here, just so that uh, we could kind of keep the conversation moving that way. So I'll start uh, with a show that I went to in Chicago on December twelfth, two thousand and nine. I actually lived in Madison at the time, but uh, me and some friends uh, traveled uh, back to. Chicago to go to this it was the second annual Chicago Blues and Bluesgrass Festival at the Congress Theater in Logan Square. I'm sure you've been there. You know, there's yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it's a it was it's an interesting theater because it's like an historic place, you know. So it's kind of an old place. Uh, but you know, there were a lot of good uh, blues acts at this thing. You know, Doctor Dog, he was there. His show was pretty fun. Some other bands, uh, you know, I didn't know, but uh, you know. Just good stuff, good guitar riffs, you know, it's blues. But Bella Fleck and the Flecktones headlined, and uh, yes, I'm talking Future Man with his crazy drum synth thing that he's got. Victor Wooten, Bella Fleck, uh, at the time Jeff Coffin was on saxophone. It, 
hilariously they were doing their christmas album i don't know if you ever heard of it jingle all the way is what it's called you think oh christmas album that sounds kind of lame but uh you know that's if you know the band you know it's a folky kind of a jazzy funky blues grassy style and they did all these covers of christmas songs so when you have like these best like some of the best musicians in the world doing these things and putting their own twist on them it's uh it, it, it's pretty fun to see you know you have future man with like like i said like i don't know if you know future man but he's got this crazy synth drums that, like an axe that he made it looks like a guitar that he made it's like it looks like he's got a duct tape like you know he's had this thing since like forever it's really weird like he's got buttons like a couple of buttons and there's no actual drummer to bella flex so if you ever hear any of their songs all the drums is coming from future man playing this ridiculous axe that he has and and i say ridiculous only because it's insane but it's awesome you know like it and it's got synth sounds and stuff too like man like i every time i see it i'm like i want to make that <laughs> like that looks super cool like i could just show up at your house and be like dude i got this awesome drum axe let's do some stuff <laughs> like, just right on your couch doing some drums you know <laughs> like, you like um is there a name that he like his invention or something or it's like first ever instrument or it, it's uh, he, he just calls it a synth drums axe he's like kind of one of those like he calls himself future man so like it's kind of one of those things but yeah it is it is unique nobody else has it but he doesn't market it like it's not like he's making many like he just made it for himself and has used it ever since and no one else does and like you know it's technology i don't think he shared with the world <laughs> like, so he was just like keeping it together with duct tape it looks like it's glued and duct taped. It's amazing. Like every time I see it, I'm just like, this thing is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like, you know, it, it makes me, uh, there was a time I had this crazy guitar. Uh, it was this broken guitar, like pla- it was like a plastic back. Uh, oh man. D- do you remember that, that guy like Esteban or something? He, like he would go on like late night TV, like infomercials. And he'd talk about buy my guitar and you could like learn how to play the guitar. Like, it was, like, one of those guitars, but, like, you know, it was left from, like, my, one of my ex-girlfriends. And, like, it was just, like, this weird thing, and I had it, and I was, like, I could probably find a use for this thing. So, what I did was, like, it the, it was cracked, so you couldn't really restring it and have the strings be in tune. So, what I did was, is I just, like, added, like, a, like a little tambourine to it. And like, I just kind of used it as like a weird, like string drum thing where I'd like drum on it and like make crazy beats with it. And I actually, I put it on some tracks like, like, you know, I would, I would probably have to point it out to which tracks I put it on. Cause you wouldn't know, but I've definitely put it on a bunch of tracks. Like on my album adventurous, like I put, it's on like multiple tracks on that one. Like, you know, <laughs> it's uh, Is it like a sitar type of sound or like um it's uh because like so like the way i made it like it was like you have the the tambourine sound so that kind of gives you like that kind of uh almost bongo with a little bit of like a cymbal type sound especially when i tweak it and when i'm mastering it but like when you're drumming on the strings like it like it sometimes gives you like a guitar sound but at the same time it kind of gives you like that rage against the machine like when like you know tom morello is just kind of scratching the strings and like making a beat that way you know like 
Right. <laughs> like, so I was like, this sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> like, so I just started using it. So I'm good. So, you know, I've done that, but like this thing, I see it. And I'm like, man, that's like way above my pay grade. <laughs> like, you know, it's future, future man knows what's up, you know? It's so pretty- he did a few like uh, ballads from their Christmas album or. Yeah. So it's like they did their album itself. Like they have like covers, all these things. Uh, it's actually really fun. Cause they, um, they're the kind of musicians that like to branch out and find different ways to make music. So, you know, you have, you know, Bella Flex, one of the best banjo players, like probably of all time, like, especially in the modern era, like there's probably random people that are like awesome or just as good or better. But like, you know, in terms of modern that we know, like he's definitely one of the best and uh, Victor Wooten's like one of the fastest and best bass players as well. So like you kind of add them into it. Uh, you got future man doing this thing and then jeff kaufman like uh it, for an example it's like you're doing a simple song like uh you know like uh, linus and lucy or something and then like jeff coffin will come on with like a saxophone solo but he's he's literally playing an alto sax and a soprano sax at the same time like just two saxophones in his mouth like, <laughs> like just going nuts with like a crazy solo <laughs> double saxing (laughs) (laughs) exactly like and and when you see it live it it sounds awesome and then but when you see it live you're just like in awe you're just like what like who does that like who plays two and and when an alto and a soprano sax have a different sound too so it's just like uh it's he's doing two different things but at the same time like it's crazy like it's crazy to think but they uh for like jingle bells they brought in these tube and throat singers uh and they worked with them before on some of their other jazz albums uh if you don't know like tube and throat singing is uh it also is called mongolian throat singing it's like from the mongolian region but it's from like this specific republic of tuva in mongolia you know in china's it's like in you know it's in that region over there and uh, it's a form of singing that uh, they, they use a bunch of different techniques, but essentially they generate sounds with their larynx um, and they generate more than one pitch. So like with their voice, they can, it sounds like a weird instrument. So they're able to like sing a song, but it like, just by singing this song, it sounds like they have a whole band of like, you know, maybe like string guitars and things like that. Like it's kind of crazy sounding. So it's like they bring them on for jingle bells and you're just like, wow. And when you see it live, these guys come out and they're super jacked because, you know, clearly they're from that region. And they're like, now they're in the United States playing with Bella Fleck in a Chicago blues and bluesgrass festival. Like, you know, like these guys are they're literally in like monk robes and stuff because they're from that area of Mongolia or like, you know, you know, they're, they're they they kind of live a simple life and then all of a sudden they're at this awesome venue playing some crazy stuff like it, it was just it was really fun like and, and like you know clear like me and my friends were having a good time you know like we're we actually uh we we came out there uh stayed at a whole we stayed at the congress hotel you know like so we like kind of made it a whole experience and then we went to this show and and uh just kind of like you know had some scotch and, and had a good time, you know, it was good stuff. It was definitely memorable. Not to mention when we were leaving, there was this random dude and this is before Uber and stuff. There was this random guy, like we were trying to hail a cab and this guy was like, Oh, I'll take you back to your hotel. 
and we were like wait you're not a taxi driver get out of here like what are you what <laughs> like kidnapping people <laughs> maybe i was I, to be honest i kept looking online to see if there was another serial killer in chicago like i was like did we save our lives like by saying no <laughs> like you know you know yeah you never know he could have just been looking to make extra cat maybe he was the guy that started uber i don't know like (laughs) his name was uber (laughs) (laughs) exactly man so that's weird yeah yeah i mean it's uh so it's definitely memorable for many many reasons but but it it was it's good and if you like uh, that kind of crazy jazzy stuff like i I recommend seeing bella fleck because they if they ever are in town because they it's just such a unique show it's fun but uh, now switching to you, man, like, so let's talk about one of your most memorable shows that, that, uh, you know, left something for you. Um, well, I chose this one because uh, it's probably the first concert I ever even been to ever. Um, and that was like my freshman year. And I went to go see Silverchair. I don't know if you're familiar with oh. them. They're oh, yeah. an Australian, Australian rock band. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. back in the 90s uh, so this was probably like 1996 i was a freshman in high school um this was still like in the grunge uh, alternative rock era and um i was into all into that you know nirvana and all that and i believe uh, Silverchair, the lead singer daniel johns uh was highly influenced by kurt cobain and had listened a lot with uh, nirvana and all that so he was a huge fan of them yeah um, and you can see the influence in it in their music and whatnot. It's really good. I liked it. I don't like I said, I don't know if you ever heard of their stuff. Um, but I remember like uh I made some friends in high school and a sophomore I had in Spanish class, like he had talked about he actually introduced Silverchair to me and you know, he like recorded tape and he listened to it because there was a show coming up. And I think he had like an extra ticket or something, but anyways, I ended up going to that show uh with him and a bunch of friends. Uh, this was at the Vic on um, Belmont and Sheffield. Oh. oh yeah, that's a good venue. Um, yeah, the Vic is a cool venue. Sometimes they, I think they like show movies there. Like, yeah, <laughs> different random stuff. But yeah, I haven't been there in years, decades. But that was like the first ever show. I remember going there. You know, all decked out, in, like grunge clothes, like ripped yeah. jeans, and, like my earwalks and. <laughs> In my chain, like connected yeah, to my the, wall. The chain, <laughs> the chain was awesome. They should bring that chain back, man. <laughs> chain was awesome. Like I don't even know where my the chains went. Like maybe your brother Mike took them from me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man! Like the chain too. It was practical. Like you, you weren't gonna lose your wallet. <laughs> like, no, totally. Yeah, it was good. Like security for your wallet. Like it was just totally attached, and. uh I remember people just going to like pet stores, like to get like dog chains, to, like <laughs> use this wallet chain. I don't know, but it was it was a fashion thing at the time, and uh, that's what I did. I was all grunged out, waiting in line. It was in the winter time, I believe, because I remember oh. it being chilly out. Yeah, I had, like, a light jacket and like waiting in line, like freezing. Yeah, uh, I I remember that. Like I went to a lot of shows in the winter in Chicago, and it's just like. Uh, you don't want to be like jacked out in winter coats because you're going to be inside this hot venue the whole time. So like you're just out there waiting for them to open the doors, just freezing. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you don't want to be like overlayered because it gets pretty hot up in there, especially in the mosh pits. But <laughs> speaking yeah. of that, like one of my first ever mosh pits, and it was pretty rowdy. Oh, um, nice. 
<laughs> it was crazy. Like, and like being in there, just the whole experience of going to a show was cool. First ever. I mean, like, you know, I was 14 and um, seeing something live, especially like if you're like familiar with the music, you know, you sing along, all that kind of jazz. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. kind of get into it and just, you know, the ambiance and everything and the energy like, no. They were fairly they were fairly new at that time too, right? Like they would only come out with one album, maybe at that yeah, time. Yeah, I believe they were like I think they just came out with their second album. Second album, was, yeah. And they were both those first two albums are awesome. So Yeah, uh, first one was the Frog Stomp. Yeah, the Frog I Stomp. Hear, I didn't hear that until after the fact because uh when I went to the show they were promoting their new album, Freak Show. Yeah, and Freak Show. Freak Show. Too. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah their music was it was a little different though like i don't like they have their own sound definitely i don't know whatever happened to them kind of just withered away like their music kind of just yeah they did they did their third album and it wasn't i i didn't feel it was as good and then they kind of like there was a couple of good songs on it but then like I feel like I didn't really hear much after it. Like it mustn't have done as well and they must have lost fans or something or they just broke up. I mean, some of these bands break up. You don't even know. They might have just been like experimenting. Yeah, they might have done different stuff too. Like from all I know. Fan base at the same time because I, I stopped buying, like I didn't buy that. It was something like Ballroom or something. I remember. Yeah. Ballroom. Yeah, that's what uh, the one with the year 2000 like, song or whatever. That was the third one. <laughs> Yeah, right. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, going back to the actual like show, it was cool. Like I, I think I took the red line or something. I took like CTA and like this is all before like cell phones and stuff, you know, like this yeah. is like a simpler time <laughs> before yeah. Facebook and all this crap. But um yeah, it's like yeah, you meet me there at Vic, we did that. And I was new to like that area because Belmont, you know, like yeah, Bridgeport, like up there, like Belmont, all down that area. Boys Town was like nearby, and there was just like a lot of freaks out there. And, like, yeah, yeah. It was a little like you know, a little culture shock because you know, I like, didn't see that much of Bridgeport. No, <laughs> you know? yeah, definitely not in Bridgeport. <laughs> and uh, so we saw a lot of that and whatever. Um, and that was quite an experience. <laughs> yeah, as a as a fourteen year old too, like it's like it's like wow, this exists. <laughs> like, you know, because yeah, because Bridgeport's different. in its own little world, man. <laughs> Even to it this day, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't scary, but it was definitely different. And uh, it was just like, whoa! It's kind of... But it just it just you know went along with everything that uh, that was like included in the whole experience of going to the show. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, that was the first one, and like, yeah, like when the show started, I don't even remember who opened, but the show was awesome. Like, I was familiar with the songs that they were doing. It was just like the energy; it's great. Like, yeah, um, it was great to go to. I had a good time. I think I bought a T-shirt there at the table, and like, and I think like some girl, like some foolish girl, like came with a rose. I'm like, who's a rose for? She's like, oh, Daniel Johns. I'm like, yeah, like. Like yeah. he'll give you time of day. Like yeah. I'm thinking of myself. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, throwing the rose up there. Now. It's like, yeah, exactly. Fan, <laughs> fans, fans could be interesting. I'll say that much. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, she's she had her dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, crazy times, man. Yeah, the, the 
I remember my first concert for sure. It's definitely an experience because like just to, just to hear music at a venue is is crazy because of the way like the music actually like vibrates through you because it's so loud, you know? Like it's just a whole different experience. Like, you know. Yeah, like I, I just like I do that also. I like I recall like the when the show ends and just like going home with that constant ringing in your ears because it was like for like two, three hours of blasting music near the speaker. Like, yeah, kind of go deaf after a while. But I remember that, like, just like ringing after you leave the event. Yeah, that's a sign that uh, your ears have been damaged. <laughs> you know, what? the thing, the, <laughs> the things we do for music. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. It's definitely like it was worth it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we're probably not going to live to our 115 anyway so <laughs> yeah <right>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man that's uh yeah so silver chair is cool man that's awesome that you got to see them that's i i never got to see them so that uh, i put that on my list that we'll talk about later as well for for I'd go back in time and, and probably check them out too. There's so many to, to talk about. We'll get to that part later too, but um, yeah, totally. you know, there's just so many, but uh, talking, so talking about another uh, favorite show of mine, uh, you know, and, and, and a lot of these are, are fairly recent probably because like, I mean, there's a lot of good ones in high school, but it's like, I feel mm-hmm. like these festivals that I didn't really get to go to until college or just post-college, like they were like a whole new experience because now I'm like an adult. So, you know, like, you know, just like in my twenties and stuff, like it was kind of a different experience than like when I was in my teens, but uh, you know, this one uh, I got to say that the 2013 riot fest, it was in September that year. Uh, you know, and it, this is another multiple band fest and I, and it, the thing about multiple band fests is it just kind of leaves a memory because there's so many, you know, there's just so much stuff going on, especially when it's a multiple day. And I got the three day pass that year. So I went to all three days of riot fest and was essentially just there all the time. It was also in Humboldt Park, which was just a rand like that's not the greatest place to be. So it's a very yeah. the neighborhood isn't all that good. But I can actually talk about that in a second too, because there's some crazy stuff that goes on there. But what's cool is there's a you know, it's kind of a it's supposed to be like kind of a punk thing, uh, but they have a lot of different genres there and a lot of like old rock and hip hop as well. Like it kind of has like this legacy thing, like they bring older acts that maybe you didn't even know toured anymore. Uh, you know, but the, the festival itself was awesome because, you know, you got food and drinks and all that stuff. But the variety of people like, you know, like random clockwork girls just like kind of walking across the field like they're clock people like and then like they randomly stop and t- and they like have like random people like wind them back up again and then they start walking again like it's just ridiculous you know so weird yeah i don't remember being there because i've been to my festival yeah it might have just been this year i don't know because it is different a little bit every year but like at, at also at the one i went to there was a giant butter bust of john stamos they called it the butter john stamos and it was john stamos's uncle jesse from full house like (laughs) like just made completely out of butter and then like this weird trailer that had a refrigerator in it like (laughs) it was weird it had like pictures of like uncle jesse in full house and then there was this this butter bust and i'm just like what like what why is this here (laughs) just another thing to talk about like it's just crazy (laughs) 
<laughs> and then yeah like humble park like i said like uh it, it there's a lot there's unfortunately a lot of homelessness there a lot of drug addicts are, are in that park so like it's pretty insane it was actually pretty dangerous for people and i think some people were mugged and attacked like during that time like we tried to stay just walking down like when we were going back to the blue line like we didn't cut through the park we just went to the streets because it was a little safer you know and there's more people around but like some people walk through the dark park and I, i'm pretty sure a bunch of people got mugged and attacked just from like crazy people you know like th- there was yeah. also there's also a, yeah there's also like a hospital too um and uh there's like gang activity as well in that neighborhood so you're constantly hearing ambulance sirens before you get into the grounds uh because there's just ambulances going to that hospital like 24 7 now when you get into the grounds it's kind of funny because it's so loud in there and it's like in its own little bubble that you almost forget where you are and you don't even know you're there it's only when you're like going like in line and when you're like leaving that like you're like wait a minute i don't know if i'm supposed to be walking around here (laughs) like you know you know, there was literally people throwing bottles at us from like second and third floor windows on that uh, street over the California street or whatever. Yeah, they're pretty. That's one of the reasons I never like I avoided Riot Fest because <laughs> they changed the venue to Douglas Park the two yeah. years I went to. I think it was 2016 or 17, but I went consecutive consecutively for two years and they were both at Douglas Park, which is not that great. I mean, it's not. I mean, that area is a little sketchy, too, but not as bad as Humble Park. Yeah, I think that's why they switched it, actually. People complained, and there were too many people getting mugged and stuff and, like, attacked. Like, it's just, you know, because think about it. Like, a lot of people going to this Riot Fest, they're not even from Chicago. So they don't, they do, they're, like, naive. They're coming from, like, towns, you know, for around the area, suburbs yeah. and stuff. Like, they have no idea. And it's, like... You should not be walking through that park late at night by yourself. Like just bad things are going to happen. You know, like it's just the way it is. Like, but, you know, like I said, while you're on the grounds, it was its own little world. And uh, the music is what I remember fondly, man. Like I I saw Dessa for the first time. Uh, She was really awesome. Uh, she's actually from the Minnesota area. She, uh, uh, a fantastic, like she, she's really good at rapping, performing. Uh, she kind of has this lounge rock style to the beats that she uses, uh, you know, very funky kind of a style. Uh, she actually opened too. So she was ver- very early in the day and there's not that many people there when you get there, right when the grounds open. So like I was right up against the stage, you know, like that was really cool. So I remember that, you know, sometimes they have bands that didn't make sense there. Like I saw stars there too. I saw stars before they're kind of like an indie kind of a band, but um, they were really good too. Like, I mean, they're a good band. So I was like, cool. I get to be up against the stage with them too early on, Uh, you know, atmosphere is one of the guys there and atmosphere always has a great show. Of course, another Minnesota guy, Um, you know, uh, but like, (laughs) Maybe one of the best people that I saw there, P. Lander Z, this crazy Japanese punk band. Have you ever heard of P. Lander Z? <laughs> I also saw them again in Madison a few years later, and I will see them again if I ever see them on a thing. They're 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 a, a punk band from Japan that has uh, some great hits such as Tacos Tacos Tacos, Ninja High School, uh, and a song where they literally just talk about the alphabet. You know, they just go through the alphabet. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's all fantastic it's like what you it's just pure punk music and it's really good like they're really good musicians it's a, it's essentially a 
I believe it's a husband and wife. Uh, and, and then there's, they have, uh, some other members in the band too. And when I saw him at riot fest, it was the full Japanese band. When I saw him in Madison, there was a visa issue for like the drummer. So like they literally just got a random drummer. Um, and a funny aside, like we talked to the drummer at the end of the show and he was just like, yeah, man, like I got signed up to do this with them while they do this Midwest part of the tour. And he's like, you know, I get to dress up like a green dinosaur and play drums. And these guys are nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. That's the guy lucked out. Yeah. Yeah, like that had to be awesome to just hang out with those with, with all them. Like they dress up like in different colors, like that's kind of their shtick. So like they're kind of like a superhero group from Japan. So like someone's dressed up like green with like a cape, someone's got like purple on. Um, they have someone that's like dressed up as a monster too, usually one of the guys. And and he, there's at the Riot Fest version, which is like their main version, they literally did a part where where the lead singer chases this monster guy through the crowd and then he like tosses him back on the stage through like bowling pins <laughs> and then he and then he literally leaps on the stage and starts doing a guitar solo <laughs> that reminds me of like uh, there's shonen nice they're like a girl band a japanese girl band I don't know if you've ever heard of them i i haven't but i could only imagine like i think jap i think japanese bands just go like above and beyond like what like what we do like they just especially when they get like there's a a band uh, called uh the seat belts they do the they do the soundtrack for like cowboy bebop with the anime and the live action that just came out and uh it's like some of the best jazz you'll ever hear but it's got this crazy twist to it and they're just all japanese and you're just like you know like I wonder how they got into like this American bebop jazz from the fifties and they're doing it. Like, it's like a new genre. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's just pretty cool. Yeah, sounds interesting. <laughs> no yeah. Wonder it yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what's crazy is, uh, uh, another band here from, from Minnesota, they weren't playing at riot fest that year, the hold steady. They were literally just like, I saw them in the crowd. Like they were chilling, watching P Lander Z and they were totally having a great time. Just jamming out to P Lander Z. And I was just like, they must've just been in town and thought, Hey, we're going to check out this crazy Japanese punk band. <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah. So it's cool when you see musicians too, like, cause it's just like, you know, they're fans like us sometimes. So like, they're just, there, like having a good time, you know? And it's like, they're just like real people at that point. Uh, yeah i do remember like running into like random like musicians that are at other like musicians venues just like underground yeah. like rappers or musicians i remember that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah yeah for sure also at that riot fest uh the, the public enemy with and they actually had flavor flave there so that was that was awesome <laughs> i had a lot of fun there flavor flave with his giant clock you know being the hype man <laughs> That had been a good show. I, I would have oh, told yeah. you to see Oh yeah, Chuck D was was awesome. And then like uh, they, at that time, it was DJ Lord um, spinning the ones and twos. Like he was, you know, it, it sounded good. You know, Flavor Flav's getting you pumped up the whole time, and it's just all their classics they played. You know, like, like yeah, it would have been cool to see the original lineup with like Terminator X and stuff. But um, you know, I. The, there's nothing more you could ask for, especially since like, you know, 
public enemy obviously was out uh you know in the 90s and stuff too so it's just like and earlier so it's just like when you think about those bands like when you get to see them and you know like hey i might never have a chance to see this band again like it's that's cool because it's feel you feel like you're a part of something you know but uh yeah i mean just and there were many many bands there but just p lander z and public enemy made it memorable for me like i just had a good time i was in many mosh pits the the party guy you know party 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 we got a party and every single song is that same song <laughs> what's it what's it i forgot what they oh i forgot andrew wk or whatever like i think is his name like it's just every song is about partying hard <laughs> like that guy's insane he he's there like every year i think <laughs> but yeah so so what about you man what's uh what's another show that uh that uh, sticks with you all these years um well like i was gonna mention one but i'll, I'll save for like the one after but like they reminded me this one show i went to see uh, uh jean-michel jarry oh. which was is this like electronic uh french pioneer yeah. Uh, from seventies, um, like That's my awesome. my pops like uh, threw him on to me, and I actually went to see it with him. Um, and like you said, if I never get to see them ever, because it was the first ever U.S. show that oh, he wow. ever did. That's so awesome. that was a big thing, and like people from all over, like Canada, all these French, like French Canadians, <laughs> and like you know. I mean, it wasn't all French, but I mean, obviously, it was like the mass, like the majority of the fan base was French. I mean, um, just came down. I think this was at the uh, Auditorium Theater downtown. Okay. And um, it was about 2016 or 17. But that was an awesome show. I mean, like that, that blew my mind. That's probably like up there, one of my top favorite shows ever that I've ever been to. Just the visually and like musically, it was like uh, pleasing. Like it was like it was awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, are you familiar with uh, his stuff? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, definitely cool. Like he he pops up on my Pandora a lot because you know, like I add like uh, different people there, so like they they add a bunch of different acts. So it definitely pops up on my Pandora a lot. I've never actually listened to like full albums or anything, but definitely a lot of the tracks. So that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Like uh, that you got to see, I always love seeing like those kind of obscure older acts. Like there's a lot of European guys that I would love to see that they never come to the U S. So that's pretty yeah, lucky. That's, that's exactly why I jumped on the, the opportunity to see this guy. And he was like older, obviously, because he came out in the seventies. Yeah. Like I said, one of the pioneers of, um yeah i yeah, mean that's when huh? i was gonna say that's when like analog first came out really so like the definitely a pioneer <laughs> like yeah no and like yeah at the show like i remember this one thing like he had this instrument it was like a like a laser harp and like oh wow. laser lights that would like shoot up into the ceiling and like all the laser beams were each chord and he was just like strumming them and they were making all these crazy sounds. It was insane. That's, that's like, awesome. Yeah. Like I got like videotape of it. Like it was just like, it was so awesome. I mean, it was just like beams of light that he was just touching and boom, boom and making like, yeah, sounds, making a track. And it was like, it was, 
it's like a live equalizer. <laughs> it was like, mind blowing. Like it was awesome, and he had some like weird, crazy guitar thing too. Like he was going, <laughs> like he had all these like weird, crazy, like futuristic instruments. Like uh, it was just awesome. I had a great time. I shook his hand like twice because I was up front by the uh, the stage. Like merci beaucoup, merci, merci. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. uh, that was awesome. Like, I had a great time. Yeah, I'm going to have to check out, like, just, like, because guys like that, like, uh, you know, usually if you listen to a full album, like, there's kind of a concept going or an artistic thing happening. So I definitely have to listen to full albums, you know, instead of just a couple of tracks here and there, because it's probably a better experience. Yeah, because, I mean, yes, he, he also had, like, a screen in the back with, like, you know, projectors. Projecting yeah, I should try to find some YouTube. I bet there's some YouTube videos of, like, concerts and stuff. I should check that oh, out. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Um, and, like, he had a message, too. Like, you know, he was all about, like, saving the planet and that kind of thing. So, like, yeah, it was all good. It was all positive message, and it was all, like, it was a great show. Like, it's awesome. Definitely yeah. memorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, that's... uh again when you see a guy that's uh if you see any kind of band where it's like you don't normally see them uh because they're older or they they're from somewhere else it's a uh, kind of a special experience because it could be the only time you get to see them like you know so it's like you you're in the moment and you enjoy it and it always sticks with you usually especially if it's good you know yeah i think like he did get like positive response of coming to the u.s i don't know why he never came all his years is so just stood in Europe and like if they make right. enough money, you know, they don't really need to. Like Royksop, I would love to see Royksop, but they never come to the US because they don't need to. <laughs> like they sell out all the festivals in Europe and they make plenty of money. Yeah. But like yeah, like I said, you got a positive like uh reaction from it. And at least I got to see them, which I you know, like I said, it was like if you never get the opportunity, you might as well jump on. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So yeah, so another show for me here uh that uh is pretty memorable just because uh one i hadn't seen seen uh aesop rock before that's the show but like i also was with some friends and one of my other friends that i was with uh loved this band so like he was really into it like he loved and they're great i mean obviously one of the one of the more lyrical rappers of course aesop but then you had Dan the Automator too, like one of the one of the better producers. So it, overall, you know, you have this great experience there, uh, you know. And uh, you know, yeah. you get you get really dope beats. Like I mean, like all their music is really good. Like uh, the the music's fun, and because it's so kind of lyrical, like it's a little bit different of a show. You kind of feel like you're lost in this world, and and, and it, not only are you kind of like jamming out to to the to the tracks, but uh, you know, sometimes you are singing along just because they're so, so lyrical, you know, like, like, I think he, I think uh, I saw a graph where it's like more words than Shakespeare uses in, in those raps. So it's just like, you know, there's so much stuff going on, but just chilling with some friends, like uh, jamming out, uh, having some beers, you know, it's just, it was just a good time. Uh, the show was at the Barrymore Theater in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, it was July 2012. He actually went to Madison a lot. So this was like the one time I got to go see him, unfortunately, just because it seemed like every time Aesop Rock came, it was like something was going on. I had to work or I was like, wasn't in town or, or didn't have money, you know, 
there's always something going on so it was like finally got to go uh and uh that venue is really cool because there's so like the way that venue is set up one it's like an old theater so it has a great sound like no matter where you are in that theater it sounds good and that's that's awesome because you can sit anywhere but it's got seats like theater style seats like throughout like in all these different aisles and then there's like an area between the first row and the stage where like you know sometimes if depending on the show they'll put other seats there but but in a show like this they don't they just keep the original theater sheet seats and then they have like this area and you, they can fit like 10 or 15 rows like in this little area if they wanted to so it's kind of a big area so you can go sit there and like if you see a rock band you could clearly mosh in that area and all that but like uh, you know, it's it's a pretty nice area to just go and stand and get close to the stage. And we were able to kind of work our way up to the stage. And, and uh, they did, uh, you know, day, daylight, nightlight. And that was awesome. And they kind of did it together. And they had like a little bit of a screen in the back that kind of went with everything. That was really cool. Uh, they, you know, no one shall pass. You know, they did like so that was that was awesome. It was just it was just an overall pretty awesome show. Um it enters my mind as one it kind of fairly simple too i mean it was just the artist and the music and nothing else really going on uh, i just remember like those types of shows always stick with me because i feel like they're more intimate in that in that instance where you're just kind of connecting to the music and chilling and uh it's just like you know you almost feel like you're not like you don't really feel like you're you're at the show you feel like you're a part of the show so like I always love that stuff. So, oh yeah, like Dan the Automator, like he did a collab with Cool Keith. Actually, I have a CD. Have you ever heard it? Yes, <laughs> that's good. Too. Yeah, that was and cool. I just of course, that. Yeah. yeah, he did, and of course Deltron. You know, like oh. uh, with Kid Koala. On an aside, uh, you know, it wasn't really a show, but uh, I, I saw. Kid Koala played at this crazy, there's a fest in Madison called La Feta Marquette. And it's kind of like a, a faux French type thing, you know, but it's like in this Madison, like community neighborhood and they have art vent, they have like art tents and food vendors and a music stage, but they also have like an area in, inside a tent where they like will play movies and different things. And Kid Koala was doing a show that day and randomly was like oh the fete de marquette like i'm gonna go do a dj set randomly in this tent and so it's like wait a minute kid koala and it was a free thing like <laughs> you know so we're just and he was dressed in a koala suit and he was like and it was like 95 degrees it's like july you know like and he was just like the reason why i'm wearing this hot thing is because i lost a bet <laughs> so but he's just there doing like moon river and stuff like and you're just like this guy's like this is awesome like you know like he just he did drunk trumpet and everything and it's just like it's hilarious because lafette de marquette it's like this like neighborhood thing in madison so there's like a bunch of old white people and it's just like they're dancing to kid koala <laughs> like it's like wow <laughs> So like I'm just having a good time having some beers watching a free good koala show. So yeah, that was that's kind of an aside because you know he did do stuff with Dan the Automator as well. But but yeah, Aesop Rock definitely definitely awesome. Definitely recommend uh, you know seeing Aesop uh, festival or intimate show whatever. But uh, 
but to moving on to you, uh, you know, what's a, what's another show that uh, stands out to you? Um, well, just to like uh, go off your thing, like I saw Ace of Rock a couple times, which was cool. Um, and uh, another memorable but funny one was when I visited you in Madison and saw Naughty by Nature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was man. insane. That was like so random. Like, <laughs> what was that? What was like some festival? Yeah. yeah that was that what broadfest was going on yeah that was the state i was in, well i think so was it broadfest there's there's Maybe. so there's so many oh there's also the capital festival where, where what do you remember yeah, what? The capital festival yeah that's what it was it was the capital festival that yeah that's that's good and like stuff. randomly it was like naughty by nature <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was old and shit but um that was just a funny, memorable one. But the one I actually wanted to mention was like um, this Monsters of Art tour uh, in 2000. I went to, and this was kind of like um, a special one because it really like got me into independent underground hip hop. Yeah, uh, first ever like show. Um, maybe it was probably my first hip hop show ever, even because, like I said, when I grew up, I wasn't really into like rap that much, and like yeah. Um, as I grew older, I kind of liked it, obviously, but like that, like Monsters of Art, like that was like, cause it was like fresh for me, like getting into that music. So it was all new, but I really didn't know what to expect. Um, as I said, in the other video that, uh, that we did, um, I lived in Bourbon A for two years. When I came back in 2000, back to Chicago, uh, my buddies were already into like the independent hip hop scene, you know? Yeah and just kind of turned me on to some of that stuff some of the artists so like we we all went um at the metro um, nice. yeah that's i've been to many was, shows there yeah i've been to many shows too at the metro <laughs> but um it was an awesome time like you know atmosphere was there idea oh um, nice yeah. Anticon, like i don't know if you're familiar with Anticon. oh yeah but <laughs> a bunch of them were there and like uh, they were just doing all just like a bunch of stuff. Like there was a guy, I don't know who it was, but he was like he looked like he just got off of work because he was in a suit and he was just like straight <laughs> on stage. Like and he was good. Like I was like, I was like, oh shit, this guy is like, oh, right after work I got a show to do. <laughs> like I'm gonna play some bars on stage. Yeah. His meeting cool. his meeting ran long and he's just like, Oh, gotta go rap on stage now. Like <laughs> <laughs> show. He's like, I'd like to go through these TPS reports, but I gotta go rap on stage real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was insane. Like it just goes to show that hip hop's not about appearance and what you wear and like it's all about skill and, and what's in your heart and stuff and expressing yourself and stuff. So that was like totally like mind blowing and just like See another artist like Dose One from Anacon, like he was just like this artsy looking, like yeah. Um, he had his own little style, like um, he did some like poetry, like uh, slam type of thing, like acapella, and like just like nice. his old delivery and everything was just like explosive. Like I was just like wow and all, and like it was different, like rap hip hop, because you know, like I wasn't like into rap and just you know, it just didn't really like appeal to me. But the way they were doing it with like their own like style and like you know uh the words they used and just like everything it just made you think and 
the music, the beats, like they had awesome beats, like everything just, it just meshed so well together. And, and that was like pretty much the beginnings of like, you know, like me wanting to get into it and actually like, you know, making music and that kind of like, yeah, I thought more and more with those artists. And that really was the, the, the pinnacle of me, like, uh, diving into it. So it was awesome. I had a great time. Like I bought a lot of like CDs, <laughs> like you yeah. know, like, yeah. And just back like after the show, just you know, partying with my friends and just like bumping the, the new CDs that we just got and just on the ride home and just you know having a good time. It's like you know that like that whole week, like I was just like it affected me like big time. I was just like, damn. Yeah, just, especially since we were finding the. <laughs> you're really getting into the genre for the first time. So like, I mean, that's like a whole thing. I remember that for myself, for everything, you know, it seemed like every new genre that I started to get into, there was like a, a moment like that. Like I saw a show or I, I just heard something like at a party or something. And then it was just like almost transformative, you know, it's crazy, especially when you go to a show and, and, and you're just like, you know what, like this genre, like is calling out to me, you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's like it a might have been like one of the first times I've been to the Metro and the Metro is pretty huge. Like it is. Yeah. Um, like the main floor is just huge, like stand up and like, there's an upper level where you can sit and stuff in the back and yeah. just overview like the main level and you can see the stage in front. Like yeah. it's a pretty awesome venue. It can get pretty packed. And like, <clears throat> I remember days that like, like when smoking was still like allowed inside like oh yeah when you could smoke cigarettes inside yeah that's nuts like the whole place would be i remember going to shows and coming back smelling like an ashtray and i didn't smoke cigarettes you know (laughs) yeah i mean like me i did smoke like growing up like in my teenage years and like high school i was like into cigarettes and smoking so i really didn't like pay attention like it really I mean, when I got older and quit, like, I realized, damn, like, I probably reeked of smoke and, like, just not realizing, just, like, smoking indoors how horrible it was. And just, like, the the difference when they stopped it and, like, you know, I was just, like, wow, like, it was such a, even, like, being a smoker, it was still, like, pleasing because it just wasn't, like, well, to smoke. Suddenly you can breathe. (laughs) It was was nuts, you know, but... um, I remember that that was one of the times when like yeah they just banned indoor smoking. <clears throat> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so for let's do let's do uh one more each of these uh and then we can move on to other things but uh uh you know just uh, another one that I want to call out also from 2013 uh Madison Wisconsin mm-hmm. show November of that year so it was the winter it actually wasn't that cold I remember so uh, it was one of those weird, mild Novembers, which we'll probably get a lot more of. But, you know, uh, I saw Beats Antique and I don't know, like they're they're <laughs> a pretty interesting band, you know, in and of itself. But during this time, TeslaCon was going on and that goes on every year. And it's a steampunk festival. It's like a steampunk, uh, you know, fest where everybody dresses up and they stay at this hotel and there's like <laughs> steampunk type events going on or whatever. Well, this concert was going on at the like during this, so they so it was essentially steampunk themed. So people dressed up in steampunk <laughs> costumes. Like I wore like this old hat, like with like a, like I had one of those pocket watches and like some like airplane goggles, you know, like you know, like uh, 
just like the the like crazy goggles that they, they used to wear on like the Wright brothers planes and stuff like uh so like i had that going on and like weird you know steampunk like gear stuff all over me so it's like you know so it's like you're dressing up for one and everybody's dressed up like that so that's fun uh in and of itself and then the band itself is kind of insane with their performance because they're like this electronica band uh but they play real instruments when they do these stage shows so there's a drummer and there's someone that does like guitar and like violin and, and synths and they kind of and then they have this woman who uh is essentially like she's just like a performer for them so like she'll do like uh belly dancing and like do all these crazy dances she'll wear like giant like antlers on stage and do these crazy things um and and, and we'll do some vocals sometimes uh, and the theme is kind of like a gypsy carnival in hell. So it's just like this crazy, like they have like all these crazy lights and visuals, you know? So like that in and of itself is awesome. And like, you know, I like, I love electronica music, but when you go to a show and they also play instruments like thievery corporation and stuff, like it, it, it like it makes the albums different from the actual live show. And it's like a whole new thing. Like I, I love that stuff, but like, you know that essentially this show they had audience members go up and like spin a wheel like this was like mid-show and they like they had it like it like come on down like it was like a carnival thing and like you know there was like a crazy like inflatable tube guy like just like flying around like you know like they had this like big like circus kind of a theme like they had circus music going like like all this stuff and uh but the wheel is like rigged so when the person spins it it like stops on open up the gates of hell and then all of a sudden another crazy inflatable tube thing pops out and it's like a demon and then it's like crazy dubstep music and like flashing lights and it's just like like with this devil and it's just like and the thing is so big that it covers like the entire crowd like so it's just like falling on top of you like people (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's definitely a trip especially with the dubstep bass you know just like like it's just like insane like 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 just five minutes of that and you're just like like it almost like gives you a buzz (laughs) like you're just like what just happened you know you know it's just and like i went to a lot of shows at the majestic that's a pretty cool venue um I went to a lot of shows between 2008 and 2013 because the person who was like running the, like setting up the shows and everything was really into going on Facebook and doing these contests where you win tickets. And I, I, I I don't know why, but I kept winning. So like, I got to go see a lot of random bands. Like I saw this band Papa Dozio, which was really good. And like some other random bands, and it's like I like rarely paid for tickets, like because I kept winning them in concerts. Like I, it was like, am I the only one doing this? But I kept winning, so like I'm not going to complain. That you know, and they did other shows there too. Like they do like a decade dance during uh, New Year's Eve, which is kind of nuts. Like they have a, you know, they just kind of bring in a local DJ. But like the night starts out they go by the decades so it's like classical music and like you're you know sipping on champagne and it's like a very classical like early (laughs) early 1900s like late 1800s like new year's kind of a deal but then as the hours go they move through the decades until like after midnight it's essentially like modern dance music 
but like it's you know they go through every decade so it's like at some point you're in the 80s then you're in like the 90s and it's just nuts like it's that's kind of a trip but like <laughs> but like you know all those shows are great but the beats antique show man like that's one i'll never forget because of those crazy theatrics and they're good they're good musicians and and it's a it was just a fun show man. like it's just one of those things like i mean again like you're you're just in the crowd and and all of a sudden there's a crazy demon inflatable guy like like dub stepping on top of you like <laughs> you know you've been to a lot of crazy shows it seems <laughs> yeah, i definitely have it's always it's always a trip like it's insane so <laughs> so what about you man what's what's another one for you as we finish up uh, going through these shows I mean, I've got like plenty uh, that I obviously I can't mention, you know. I, um, but um, I guess I could say another one was um, at the Fireside Bowl okay. uh, at Lincoln, uh, Logan Square, and um, yeah. this was probably like 2001. So I was uh, back again with some uh, underground hip hop, and uh, this is this time it was Atmosphere, Sage Francis, and Idea, and Abilities, and like, and that was like. That was an awesome show. That was like, you know, going to all these shows, because I've been to a lot of like Rhyme Sayers like shows, but this is like the, during the earlier times, it's like this is before they really got really, really big and like somewhat mainstream, even though they're still underground and got their own label yeah. uh, atmosphere. Like these shows were like 10, 15 bucks a pop, you know, like yeah. to get it through and like, which was awesome. And, um, you know, nowadays it's like, yeah, it's a know, lot more. It's a lot more expensive. I mean, festivals itself are going to run you a hundred bucks a day or more. And then just a regular show, like you'll be lucky to find a show under 50 bucks now, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and that was, that was like, you know, I like going to shows like that to like small little venues. Um, And like, especially back in the day, because obviously like, you know, admission fees were cheaper, but um, before they got all big and huge. Uh, Spireside Bowl is like a, a bowling alley, um, essentially, and they did a little few venues. It was really small, actually, it was a small place, but we all jammed, you know, like smashed in there, and like they had a little bar that we didn't go into because we were underage, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so we're, we weren't like you know drinking at the time, at least not there, and like you know, I just, I remember like I had my backpack because I always had my backpack with. I yeah. know, I was always on foot and just you know, taking uh, that was, a, that was a style back then too though like you bring your backpack <laughs> everywhere you know because you have all your stuff in it you know <laughs> yeah I mean I didn't do it for like the fashion sense but I did it because it, you know put my stuff in there carry it around and like you know, I just yeah. had like you know I was writing at the time so I'd bring my notebook and I'd write periodic places like randomly and I'd carry my recorder like tape recorder um you know, just in case you know, if I want to record something. And so I had all this stuff with me and they let me in with it. So I was like, cool. And like, yeah. I had recorded some of it on tape, like some of the freestyles. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it's some rare, like recordings of the live shows. And that's like, that's memorable to me. Like that's what I kind of cherish. It's like, yeah, it's like a bonus, you know, to have some, like a memorabilia memento to bring back with me. And yeah. I had bought a wax. It was uh, it was the the show for Idea and Abilities, their first uh, the first born album they were promoting, and I actually got up on that like CD and the instrumentals, the wax. Um, 
records, you know, some instrumental um, records. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, my friend Chris, like, had turntables, so I had to always bring him over there, and we'd, like, freestyle over like, all these instrumentals, and that was one of them. Um, so I, like, stacked up on, like, music and, you know, recorded some, and the whole experience was awesome. Like, I had a great experience. I went with my buddy Danny, and I kind of turned him into, like, some of the, the independent hip-hop that I was, like, into at the time. Still I am, but, like, because yeah. he was mainstream, he was more like you know, Tupac and all that stuff, which is cool. I love Tupac. And, you know. Yeah, but um, it was it was another memorable show. The Fireside Ball, and I remember another thing. Uh, we were waiting in line, and like uh, Sage was just like in line with us, like <laughs> well, down. I guess he was just like scoping out, see what was going on, you know. Yeah. Like, um, he was just like landing there, and my. Oh, hey, Sage! <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> that's like awesome. shooting shit while I get closer to the doors. I mean, one of the—that's just one of the things that I like about those the shows, those type of shows where it's more intimate and like you actually run into so many like artists that you know, fan of, you know, have small talk with them and just you know shoot the shit. It's, it's more real. Like, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what makes that stuff good. That's why I love little venues, right? Like little <laughs> venues are awesome because of that. Like. You know, um, High Noon Saloon was one in Madison when I lived there. Uh, and uh, a lot of times you get to talk to the artists afterward and stuff. So, you know, I got to talk to a lot of guys, especially when you get like when you go up and buy their CDs and stuff like, you know, you're more likely they're more likely to chill with you because there's not as many people there. So they'll, they'll you know, they'll shoot the shit with you for a couple couple minutes there and like you get to like have a conversation which is that's awesome like you know and that's like that's part of the experience and like um they're always like that's the thing like you'll find the artist at the merc table like selling their stuff like you're gonna run into somebody yeah you go to the merchandise table and like buy some stuff you know like you said just have a couple words with them you know i always have small talk with them and that you know i don't want to follow them yeah just a typical fan like oh my gosh but like you know dig your stuff and just go on my way and just you know not be a pest yeah. show my support so <clears throat> those were that's uh yeah i mean i got so many shows that I've, I, I have got down wow. that i wanted to mention but it's okay like we can have another video Oh man, we could do we could do many many podcasts on all the shows like it was hard for me to narrow down that's you know like i kind of i kind of picked the kind of a style but there's so many memories and things you know like uh even if even shows were like it was just free shows that i didn't even expect to see people there you know like and and it was like wow like madison used to do these summer shows like by the lake all the time and i just saw so many random bands you know and and like like just stuff that like uh i'm not sure that i would have found if it wasn't just like at this random festival so like those things are pretty cool too but yeah we uh we could go on for out like this podcast would still be going six days from now <laughs> like, yeah so. like like the the ncaa will be over and we'll still be talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly because <laughs> the final is going on as we record this so yeah so uh Moving on to shows or festivals that we would go to if we had a time machine that could take us anywhere in the past. I always love this exercise. It's always fun. Um, you know, I have a couple of random things to, to, to go through here. But, you know, for me, uh, 
I would definitely go to like the bebop era of jazz because like who doesn't want to go to some like random club and like see some crazy like jazz uh like New York in the 40s you had like Charlie Parker and and Dizzy Gillespie uh you know Charlie Christian Thelonious Monk Max Roach Kenny Clark those guys like that bebop movement uh very similar to uh early hip-hop of course uh, at the time as like it was like this kind of a new thing and it was this thing that the artists were doing that was like we're not doing this for commercial purposes like we're doing this for us like this is the music of the uh musicians essentially so it was a lot of like uh you know almost freestyle in terms of the music so like they just kind of like just went through and played a bunch of things so it's like yeah there so it's like you'd you'd hear a song and it would be different every single time you heard it because they were always changing it and just just jamming out you know so it's like i'd love to go there like sip on a couple martinis you know at a club just listen to some of the best musicians for like hours and hours like i'd get lost in those clubs you know and then and then just traveling through the ages to 50s and 60s you know see miles davis and those guys that would be awesome um I mean, I mean, a lot of those guys, uh, they use hip hop samples now, too. So it's like clearly their influences for everyone. Like it's just, you know, the style of music that they were doing is just uh, probably still being used today. Uh, and it, I just think it would be it'd be awesome to also have a conversation with them, because like based on stories, like when you talk, like if you went to those clubs, like all the musicians would be hanging out and someone might not even be on the bill to go on but they just randomly were at the club and they're like you know what i'm feeling it and they like would bring their trumpet or sax or something on stage and it's just like they'd just jam out to and then they'd be chilling at, at you know in the club itself and you could go talk to them if you wanted and it was kind of a, obviously a, not the greatest time for for uh you know racial tensions but you know but uh there was clearly you know white and black people at these clubs too so it was kind of like its own little thing um and i would definitely be one of the people that would go up and talk and and, and hang out and just to listen to to some of these crazy songs that uh, probably aren't even recorded now like there's songs that they never recorded like you know the, the the stuff we know now was recorded or like put on an album there's hundreds of tracks that they just played at a club never recorded you know and and I would just love to do that. And of course, you know, like the original Woodstock would probably be another place. Cause why not, you know, like, you know, see Jimi Hendrix doing some crazy stuff on stage would be pretty sweet. Um, what he, he did the, the, you know, the pledge of, or the, uh, he did the uh, star spangled banner or whatever that like, uh, you know, everyone plays like, it just would be nuts to be at that festival. And then uh, Harlem Cultural Festival uh, would be pretty sweet. Um, you know, they uh, that was in that Questlove documentary. If I don't know if you saw saw that or, or heard of it, uh, but uh, it was going on the same time as Woodstock. Um, and like Nina Simone and like BB King and stuff would play. Like one concert was like Nina Simone and BB King. Like how awesome would that be? Like it's just like that's pretty sweet. Um, and then. And then, you know, individual shows, I mean, come on, like I could go down the list and I'm sure you're probably going to have a couple of these same ones, like Beastie Boys, like I never got to see them live and I would love to go see them, you know, Nirvana, of course, I'd love to see Nirvana. And, and, you know, now, unfortunately, with the Foo Fighters, you know, the the drummer passed away recently, which, you know, sucks a lot, like, you know, uh, that kind of ties in Dave Grohl, of course, was on Nirvana. 
you know, a tribe called quest, like the original, never going to see that again, unfortunately. Um, you know, rush cause Neil Pert passed like a lot of these bands, like people have passed, like I said, Jimi Hendrix, uh, you know, the original Ramones, like that would be awesome to see live. Um, you know, I would also like to see things like, like, I'd love to see the Smiths before Morrissey messed it all up, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like I, I could probably go on for days, listen to these bands too, but it's just like, there's so many, man. Like, uh, like, I'm just going to turn this over to you. Cause uh, you know, I'm sure you have like all kinds of crazy thoughts on this, but like, you know, what for you, like, what are the few hands down if you had a time machine you're going to see like what 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 are shows that you just wish that like you could like you know be there yeah i mean like like you mentioned i mean you, you pretty much mentioned like 70 percent of my list <laughs> <laughs> i know man but like, but but, it, but it's go back in time yeah like uh I'd, I'd like to go to woodstock man that would have been an experience to see Jimi hendrix and all those other like uh, musicians that I can't even name right now. I mean, like just the whole like yeah. culture, and the time of living. Uh, I would have been out there for sure. Freaking camping out for days, like yeah, yeah, like, being a hippie and whatnot. Um, <laughs> like you said, dismiss the original Smith because I've seen Morrissey on his own, and um, I can't necessarily say he destroyed it, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> Like he did that. Like he's got his own solo career, which was pretty successful. Which I love, like a lot of his songs. Yeah. Uh, the, Smiths, the Smiths as a whole, back in the '80s, like yeah, I would have like loved to go back into like the old discos because there's videos of them like doing live shows and discos, like yeah, like, disco texts and stuff. And like I would have yeah. that for sure. Beastie Boys, like you said, um, and like that brings back to one of the like one of the lists that so the shows number of shows that i was going to mention which is lollapalooza oh yeah and that was, like lollapalooza that was the only time i ever went to lollapalooza and the only reason i went to lollapalooza is to see beastie boys unfortunately they had to cancel that year because uh one of them uh, had that uh, cancer of the throat they had issues yeah. Yeah. the one who actually finally passed away yeah. um adam yacker i forgot what his name uh yeah it was it was adam like so sad but like yeah like um that like you know i mean i saw the like groups like jane's addiction and all that and, like yeah, well, was, but that was like the main reason i bought ticket because i wanted to see them <laughs> and uh the time machine um draws me back because i, I could have went back to the 80s when they first like blew up and see one of those shows would have been awesome oh yeah at the cbgb oh, man like, yeah, the Jimmy. Um, to see the go back in the 60s, 70s and see the Beatles, like one of their shows. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun too, for sure. I would have been totally down for that. Africa Bimbada, like oh. when hip hop, like hip hop was starting to like kind of take shape. Yeah. You know, like uh, Cool Herc and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, even Michael Jackson, like I never been to a Michael Jackson show. Like I would have won see one of his shows because i'm yeah. a fan of his no matter like what people think of him or what he did or he has done um that has nothing to do with his music you know yeah. his like, personal life unfortunately you know him passing away too um yeah. so i never got to see him i would want to see him like you know him in his prime doing a moonwalk and shit like yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be that'd be crazy um, the Ramones, like you said, although like the show that I did go to that was memorable, I have a poster here of the 
Marky Ramon was one of the drummers. Did a show called uh, Marky Ramon's Blitzkrieg. He had a couple group members come in, and uh, oh, nice. one, one of the former lead singers of uh, uh, this guy was called Michael Graves, um, the Misfits, I guess. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like, and that show was because they did like a bunch of Ramones hits, and that was at the uh, the, the bottom lounge on Bay Street. Nice. Um, and that was cool. I went with my uncle General. Yeah. Even though it wasn't all the full group, like I had still had a great time. And like it was the nostalgic like vibe of hearing the old songs and just, you know, having a good time. So Yeah. But there sure. were uh, Ramones, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um the doors, like I wouldn't want to see oh. the doors. Yeah. Like, say. yeah. Uh, It'd be crazy to see Jim Morrison for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Nirvana for sure. Like I mean, he was like, and I was too young to go to a show when he blew up, man. Like, yeah. I wish like someone would like <laughs> like dragged me along or something. Because yeah. like, well, like 91, 92, I was like ten or eleven. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was too bad. Oh, like, I was I, even I was even younger. So yeah. <laughs> like yeah, totally Nirvana. Um, like yeah, the jazz thing, like. Or even go back to like you know the Rat Pack times and go see yeah that. yeah go see the Rat Pack <laughs> or something you know yeah. and like <laughs> see the Rat <laughs> see see Dean Martin just wasted Sammy Davis <laughs> Jr. Little <laughs> <laughs> Dino. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's so much to mention. I can't even like think like. I would even take like a time machine, like fictionally to like um, the sixties and meet Marty McFly. (laughs) (laughs) Earth angel. (laughs) Yeah. You know that new sound you're looking for? (laughs) (laughs) What did they say? Uh, uh, Johnny be good or something. Johnny be good. Yeah. From Chuck Berry. And it was his cousin or whatever that was like working that high school for some reason. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna see Marty McFly all weekend <laughs> before he disappears on stage. Yeah. <laughs> get a get a glimpse of the wild-eyed scientist. Like, <laughs> yeah, Doc and like freaking uh, Marty's father. And yeah. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's good yeah I think that's about it that I can think of. Um, uh, like I said, you mentioned a whole crap load that I was going to say, and like, um, it seems like back then, man, there was just a lot of great music. Like, yeah, for sure, there was. There's so much. Like, it's crazy to think. Um, and I don't know if it's just because we're living in these times, so it's hard to like. There, there's good stuff a lot of indie stuff that comes out underground stuff and and there's good there's stuff i like that's new all the time but yeah it just seems like uh, those eras kind of had a lot more but maybe that's just because we look back on them so i i I don't know like maybe it'll be different when we're older but not sure yeah because i can't i mean i can't really see like music taking on any like further shape like it's all been done mostly back in the past and you know creating new genres and whatnot it's just it's pretty limited because a lot of stuff's been done yeah yeah it's it's probably going to be like remixes of old genres now i would think i can't like i can imagine like you know like just the songwriter like not trying to come up with something that 
already someone had already come up with like sound wise you know what i yeah. mean like it's very like, difficult oh, huh? you're all oh, you're biting this guy you know like, <laughs> that kind of thing it's like it's yeah. gotta be that's why copyright is also interesting because yeah because of like it's like what can we copy right like there should be limits to it now because it's just like how do you make something that's not that somebody <laughs> can't say that's my sound you know like it's like right. okay like you might not have been even trying to do it you might have technically come up with it in your head but it exists somewhere already you know really, like, yeah like there's nothing it's hard to get like original <laughs> i mean because everything yeah. sounds almost the same or everyone's biting each other yeah much. yeah i think just being yourself is as original as you can get but it's going to have influences and similarities for sure yeah i guess that's why you got styles certain genres you know i don't style and sound yeah i mean it's yeah that's pretty crazy for sure but yeah so (laughs) so going through these is always good uh i thought so before we go i'd uh throw on some beats and just have you lay down a couple of bars (laughs) and see where it goes are you you down for this you up for this yeah i mean like i said i'm I'm a little drained but yeah i'll see what i could do <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> let's, throw some, let's throw some random stuff on here and see what happens. Let's get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll throw this one on first. Uh, uh and uh and uh, you know, it's some of these kind of just go through. They're kind of uh, they're all rough beats, so they're kind of just there. Like I, I don't have my thing set up where I could just have them in a loop, but just like do whatever and. uh we can stop whenever or I'll edit whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, so. Hit it. Yeah. Getting a little slow on the tempo, but that's okay because it's to and fro. When I hit that tempo, you'll be KO'd so easily. <laughs> but I'm not trying to get all violent on one person, this person. I'm just trying to keep the peace. A peace of mind that I unleash and I define the definition when I'm doing the ignition of turning the key of life. When I see a gas that's been higher than my gas bill, kind of crazy that we're living in these times of oil and fighting in wars. Another Cold War, World War Three, is that gonna come before? I don't really know. A permanent defense, leaving these people bent out of shape and taking the shape of a shapeshifter who's been drifting off through these curtains. Sort of opening the windows of sunlight, peeking through in this darkness of time. And I thought you knew the truth of the clouds will never chime at the diamond and sound of these horn trumpets coming through. That means a higher calling comes to you. Judging by the cover, I discovered that this brother of mine wants to hear my recording. Am I affording anything else when there's nothing but falcons into my pocket? Looking at the socket of my eyeballs, if I have a third one that calls, it's blinding me. I got a blinding key. I got a seat saw that I can see through the playground. And I see a friend of mine, a familiar face that I can define, and I can combine myself with different minds when I'm slipping and sliming like Ghostbusters times and hitting people. And nah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense because the things don't make sense when you're freestyling. It just goes on and takes another shape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> this actually what's funny is this reminds me of those times we used to sit in a circle and everybody would freestyle some random stuff and then like random people would come sometimes and then they'd start to freestyle and then like you would like put them to shame like it was like it was always like you and fagan and them you know like it's like then it's like i don't then like someone would start battling <laughs> yeah it's like there'd be like a battle and but it was just like what do you they'd come in battle but lose like it's like if you're gonna start a battle win like <laughs> I saw that a lot. That's like going like coming out of the hip hop shows. Like people will be all hyped up trying to like start battles after the shows or just like <laughs> forming yeah. cyphers like in the crowd out there just trying to freestyle. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's, yeah. See, let's see this last one. This one's more uh, kind of a, it, 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 it's a little different for sure. The, the drums will come in soon. Yeah, hearing the drums. I see the hummingbird is just sucking on the plums into the garden. That's when I'm starting. A fire starter. I'll never be cursed. I'll just be hanging by the tree. With Mr. McGruff, the thing great or respires enough. And I just hear the band drops trickling down into the ground. That's how my hearing senses as I finish the sentence. I'll see another dentist into the future to clean my dentist. But right now, I'm just a rental of your mind and your ears so that you can hear and switch up the gears of this clock as I switch to that tick and I talk of this thing called hip hop. But you can create a different type of genre. Slow genre. Slow genre. Hip hop. I don't know. Just Dennis Hopkins. I want the sun to get a nice tan. Got another beer, has cold one in one hand and then in the other. If I had a third one, I would be born in a musical movie of total recall. Holding triple breast, multiple breasts, I might create a cardiac arrest of those that'll step me. If you're giggling in the background, it's all good. It just makes me look good. I'm not going to just on top of my head so I don't catch a trip, catch a cold. Let the mold build up and trickling down in spiders' webs. I take a deep breath. People are rocking those kegs, getting all dirty, white and shiny, keeping them clean, doing a gangster lean, these crap fiends. Ain't gonna get nothing from me, not gonna get a penny from me, cause they're just delicious coppers like Bill, Tom Green, the Riot. I just know that I can feel this, MTV. Previous shows, I must go and blow the horn till the bat lady sings. Yeah, did she ever sing? Did she ever lose weight? That would switch up things that wouldn't sound so great. Paint spraying paint on great train graffiti. I might give a couple of coins to the need. They really ain't my trust. We're both spinning out and booze. I'm like, damn, you lose. You want to be a winner. Don't be a sinner. A lot of application. I my life right to be the tips. I'm not the perfect person. This person needs advice. Let me rip it. Let me skip until the bottom that I might be on. People's dimension of life. <laughs> you can't get on that. Doesn't matter. You only know, take a knife and slap someone in the back. So don't even trust yourself. <laughs> you might laugh. <laughs> I have the right care. Have a nice Monday. Finish my beer. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
bring in the bring in the fire. We love it. Gotta love it. It's good stuff. I'm uh, trying. I, I feel. I feel like day. I feel like you felt that one a lot. You you kept you kept going on strong there. Like it was a it was a lot of bars you were spitting on that one. Like I was like, oh man, like he did like two verses. Like. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I mean, once I, you know, get in a groove and whatnot, I mean, I start, you know, I start feeling it and just, you know, see where it takes me. Yeah, that last track was cool. I just, I guess I had to get it warmed up a little bit and who knows. Um, like I yeah. said, it's been a long day and my brain's just not working right now, so. Yeah. It's hard to think. Freestyle as it is, is difficult. <laughs> it is difficult. It is definitely not a skill that, uh, I mean, like, I mess around and try with it all the time, but uh, it's definitely not a skill that I'd put at the top of my list. So, <laughs> like, you know. There's always room for improvement, oh, even yeah. for myself, you know. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, I kind of do, I do a lot by myself. We talked about this last time before, like, I'll, uh, that's kind of how I usually start my writing process is, is doing some freestyle. It's definitely a, an exercise that you should do, even if you know you're you don't think you're good at it. <laughs> you know, you know. No, I do it all the time. I mean, I'll be like, especially if I'm by myself, and that's when some of the best rhymes come. <laughs> like, I'm just like, yeah. damn. Of course, no one's around here, but who cares yeah. anyway? It's like your brain can think better too when you're by yourself. Like I, I always notice that too. Like, but it's like oh, my mind just went blank because people are here. But when no one's here, like I'm just like, oh man, I did like 20 bars in a row. Like, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just yeah, the way it's it goes. Totally it's definitely different the atmosphere of when there's people present and when you're yeah. alone. That's why rap battling is its own thing, man. It's tough to win those. Like, Those are yeah, extremely hard. <laughs> yeah, you got to get the crowd into it too because they vote for you. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, you got to crowd on it. You really got to like be on point. It's it's a lot of pressure. It's pretty stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that it's definitely it's an art in and of itself. That's for sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, man, uh, it was definitely fun again having you on. Good, good, uh, good for you to geek out with some music too. Like, uh, you know. For do, yeah. some, for do some freestyles like you know some fun times yeah i always love freestyling i mean i can't say like that was my best but <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that, there's no excuses and it is the end of the day but you know what <clears throat> we can do it again and you know we can always have fun it's all good <laughs> yeah for sure man like we'll and we'll definitely be doing it again at some point that's that's all i gotta say hell but, yeah uh, but yeah collabing and stuff yeah i've got a collab and all that too yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, it'll be cool. Uh, we should uh, do some collaborations again, too. Like, uh, people don't know, we have a couple stuff that we did together um, on our SoundCloud, too. March of the Damned is a song that, uh, you know, I did the beat for. We have some other random stuff. We have some stuff that, like, we never released, too, that I'd love to go back through as well. But uh, all this new stuff, like, we got to come up with something. <laughs> like, you know, we should do some tracks together. It'd be, be super fun. I'm sure everyone would enjoy that as well. But uh, but yeah, man, thanks to everyone who's been listening and supporting the Sun-Dried Tomatoes podcast and YouTube channel. Thanks to everyone who subscribed and downloaded the podcast and to all of those who subscribe to the YouTube channel. This wouldn't be possible with all of your support, and I really do appreciate it. And thanks again for Mark for joining me on this awesome journey of music. Until next month, salut. Peace.